Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Marco Brown, the owner of Brown Family Law. Marco, welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. Hi, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. And as part of being on the show, we have our potential guests fill out an application. And Marco, I love what you put on your application here, which is, what are the three easiest ways to increase law firm revenue that do not cost any additional money? The attorney entrepreneurs who are listening have got their ears perked up. So how would you answer that? Yeah. So there are really three ways and they really don't cost any any money. I mean, you can spend money on them, but they really don't cost any money. So the first one is collections. Collections is increasing collections from wherever you are to 100%. So collections is the easiest money there is in a law firm, the easiest increased revenue that is. So my experience uh, quickly is I started my firm in 2010. And I don't know anything. It's in the middle of the Great Recession. I just quit a job at an insurance defense firm, which I absolutely despised. I right? came to a new state because my wife wanted to get a doctorate here in Utah, and we'd gone to college here. And I'm like, yeah, great. Utah's a great place. Let's do this. So started a law firm with nothing at all, deeply in debt, and really tried to make it work. It worked nominally, right? I, I serve my clients well. But I didn't know anything about the business of law. So fast forward about five years, still don't know anything about the business of law and serve my clients really well at this point, done good work for them. But my life is a mess, like a total mess. And it was because I was collecting maybe 40, 50 cents on the dollar, right? Uh, It was just doing all this work. I had 112 active case files and it was just getting paid garbage. So some things happen and I realize I need to change everything. The first thing I change is collections. I say, okay, where, you know, what can I do to change essentially everything in the law firm, the one thing? And I thought, well, why don't I collect on all the money that people should be paying me and then I can use that money to solve other problems. So that's what I did. I went from, you know, 40, 50% and then developed over, over time, a collection rate at, at about a, a system at about got me to a hundred percent. Right. And that, what I realized, it didn't cost me any more money. I had all of the infrastructure to make that happen. I just needed a system to make that happen and, and a good system. So that's the first one is upping collection from wherever you are to hundred percent. Then the next one is learning how to sell. So this is where you can spend a lot of money. You can go to, you know, Grant Cardone workshops, which I have done. You can go to a whole bunch of other sales workshops, but there's also just tens of thousands, hundreds of millions of hundreds of thousands, millions of words on the internet about how to sell. And if you get a system, any system for how to sell, it's better than what you're doing right now. Let me guarantee it. So pick one and go with it and learn how to sell and then learn how to close. Okay. Closing is really that, that third one. So selling and closing are, are similar, but they're not the same thing. So closing is actually a subset of selling. So selling is getting people to want to buy things from you, okay? Being emotionally involved with you and making the emotional decision to purchase from you, okay? That's the easy part. 
Then closing is where you get people to give you money in exchange for the thing you're going to do for them, the, the problem you're going to solve for them, right? This is the hard part for attorneys, the hard part for pretty much everybody, because sales is an emotional game, and we're pretty good at that as attorneys. Closing is logic. You close people with logic, okay? They have an, they have an objection, and you have a logical way to overcome the objections, but what you need to do is figure out how to overcome every objection that you see as an attorney. The easiest way to do this is to write down all of the objections you received in the past, right? When you ask people for that credit card to get going, they say, I need to think about it. Write that down. That's an objection. I don't have enough money. Write it down. That's an objection. I got to talk with my wife. Write it down. That's an objection. So you lay all those out and then you come up with specific ways to overcome those objections so you get people to to buy from you and actually give you the credit card okay and how you do that you can go online and find those things i've developed a book for that in my law office that i train my attorneys on and so if you want access to that all you got to do is contact me i'll give it to you again free right you don't have to spend money on this but you know overcome these these objections identify them figure out how to overcome them and your your rate at which you close clients will go up dramatically right and that allows you to bill more obviously have more clients and then bill more for them and then you collect more on each one of those clients and it's this virtuous cycle you you will be amazed at how quickly your revenues will increase just doing those three things. And literally they cost no money. They cost you time, but they're not going to cost you additional dollars. This is fantastic, Marco. Thank you for sharing this. And a uh, quick plug for my buddy, Steve Freston and his Be That Lawyer podcast, which is really focused on business development for attorneys. Um, everything you said makes a ton of sense. It's stuff that we talk with our clients about all the time. I want to take a couple of steps back because you've done some things that most lawyers will never do in their practice. And I want to dig into how you decided to do that. The first thing you mentioned when you talked about collections, many attorneys don't even understand the difference between a receivable and something that goes to collections. Many attorneys don't even know how to know how much money that they're owed, how many open receivables they have. They've never seen an AR aging report, for example. So love to hear about how you discovered that, how you got into that. And then from a sales perspective, kind of similarly, most attorneys don't track their leads and they certainly don't track their close rate. And so I wanted to find out how you identify that as an area, doing something with measuring the the metrics in your firm. And I just love to dig into how you how you decided to do that. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm going to tell you that I'm not real great about aging receivables. So let me tell you why. I look at aging receivables as stupid tax. Okay. So you did something stupid, you didn't get paid, and you're paying a tax for it, right? You're paying a penalty for that. Paying the stupid tax is actually one of the greatest things you can do as a lawyer because it teaches you not to be stupid in the future. Okay. So if you can go back and you know get your aging AR report, and if you have Clio or any case management uh, system is actually going to give you an aging AR report, right? They're going to tell you like your AR, your accounts receivable is within the last 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, you know, plus whatever it is, right? So you can go do that and you can try to collect on those. And that's probably a pretty good idea because you need to have somebody in charge of your collection system and you just tell him or her, all right, like go, go do this, give me some bonuses, <laughs> like just go give me what you can. So you can do that. I didn't do that when I started collecting 100%. I just told myself, I just made the decision. I'm going to pay stupid tax at 100%. 
and I'm not going to worry about these things. Okay. I'm going to worry about going forward, getting paid a hundred percent on my cases. Now, the way I did this was to go to each one of my clients and say, you need to pay up. Right. And so I guess that was a way, way kind of around it, but I said, you need to pay up. And if you don't pay up, I'm going to drop you. That's, that's looking at the AR. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a way of doing it, but I didn't actually look at a report. I just kind of said that to each one of the, the clients. But really what I focused on was from now on, you're going to pay me 100% for the work I for the work I did. So I, I see a lot of attorneys and I talk to a lot of attorneys that get really wrapped up in this. Do I do I send my, do I sue my clients for you know non-payment on these old ARs? Do I do this? Do I do that? And I just think, man, you're spending so much mental energy on these old ARs. Just pay the stupid tax and move forward. And just never do it again, right? Like you free up so much of your mental space and creating a system that gets you paid 100% going forward is literally the best use of your time. So if it stresses you out at all, uh, or just don't waste time on it. Just, okay, those are gone and, and move forward. And then the second one, the, uh, oh, um, yeah, closing rate and how you do that. So we have a system where we just input the data. My intake team inputs the data and I get a little spreadsheet that shows closing rates by attorney and for the month and so on and so forth. And I've, I've become more sophisticated over time in this, but it's actually really, really simple. It's the number of people you, you meet with divided by the number of people who actually hire you, right? <laughs> like that's it. That's it. If I did the math correctly. Anyway, that's it. You know, so if you meet with 10 people and five people hire you, your rate is your close rate is 50%. So the the easiest way to do this is literally just to have somebody on your team write down those two numbers and every day they do the math and then send it send an email to you. Like it can be that it can literally be that simple. So you get a number every day. Or if you want to do it every week, you can do it that way or every month. I wouldn't suggest that. That's the, the time lag is too much. I would do it every day, but it can be as simple as those two numbers, that one equation. And you get an email every day or when you walk in, your receptionist just tells you the number. Okay. And you can get more sophisticated over time, but it's as easy as that. So just do that. Start there. Nice way to get started. And Marco, in your opinion, what's a good close rate and what's a close rate that says, oh my God, I need to work on this. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to depend on what you do. Uh, I have friends who do estate planning and I think their close rate is like if they have a close rate less than 90%, they know that something is wrong, right? Because it's people come in and they know they need that thing. And, and it's just super simple for them. The, the, the challenge for them is getting people in the door. The challenge is not getting them to pay once they get in the door, right? So they need to look at it slightly differently. I would say though, if it's B to C, you know, just your straight consumer, right? I, I do consumer stuff. I market directly to human beings. Bankruptcy does this, criminal law does this, so on and so forth. I think if you're in that space, 75% is probably 75 to 80% is really exceptionally good. And here's my here's my logic behind that. Anything about 50 is probably you're probably doing okay. But if you're getting to 75, 80, like you're really running on all the cylinders because there will be 20 to 25% of people, no matter what you do and how well you screen, there'll be 20 to 25% of people that you meet with that you think, I can't help this person. Uh, I don't want to help this person. This person is an a-hole and I have nothing, I don't want to have anything to do with him or her. 
Like it just doesn't jive, right? That should be 20, 25%. If if it's if you're closing at 95%, either your prices are too low or you're not being selective. You're not rejecting people who should be rejected because you should not serve everybody. There should be people that you literally just don't want to serve. Like I don't do, you know, we don't do particularly well with like super aggressive males in, in the office. So, you know, we kind of screen them out. Likewise, we don't do, we don't do at all well with, with uh, wives who are, want to be super vindictive against their husbands. That's a complete no, no. Right. Like, so we, we weed them out. So that accounts for 20 to 25%. And I think that's a really, really healthy number. Uh, if it's 50%, then I think that's probably a little low, but it, it should never go below 50%. Uh, and sometimes you want 50% just because you're at such a high, you're such a high end of the market. You just know a lot of people are not going to hire you because of price and that's okay. But if it gets below 50, you know, it gets rough. Yeah. And a lot of that too depends on if you have a one stage or a two stage sales process, because that can tweak the numbers quite a bit, but uh, very similar to what we do. So if, if from our perspective, if your close rate is less than 60, 60%, you should be working on it. Our target range is about that 80%. And again, if it's if it's 100%, that's actually a red flag for us. It, it means that you're taking clients you probably shouldn't be taking. So glad we're super aligned on that. You know, when you talk about your firm, um, there's some systems that you've implemented. I can just tell by talking to you that you've gone in and really systematized your law firm. Um, we'd love to hear about you know, just when did you decide that it was time to start treating your law firm like a business? and implementing some of these changes at a system level. Yeah, so I can tell you exactly when that happened. So I call this the great shower incident of 2015. Uh, it's 2015. I have done well by my clients. I, I had just won Family Law Attorney of the Year here in Utah as voted on by my peers in the bar. So that was like a big deal for me. It was a, it was a great recognition. I felt fantastic about it. And then... I realized a couple of days later, I had all the same problems I had before I won the before I won the award. So I'm in the shower. This has happened to me before, but today was today's a little bit different. So I'm in the shower. The first five minutes are fine. Then I start to think about cases, and my heart starts to palpitate. My chest starts to constrict, and then I get a a stress headache that starts at the back crown of my head, and it will by three o'clock in the afternoon envelop my entire face, like it's a it's a bad, bad stress headache. And I get the, this happens to me at least once a week at this point in 2015. Today was different in, in the sense that where this starts, I also see my future in a very, very real way. Like I am 60 to 65 years old. I'm not exactly sure what age, but 60 to 65, I am dead. I'm in a casket and I'm seeing my own funeral. Okay. Kids were mourning me they were my family was there mourning my death. There were, were children I didn't have at this point, right? Like I saw them like sitting there crying. And that lasted for probably 15 seconds. And I I came out of it and I thought, nope, that's not gonna happen to me. Like I'm not, I'm not going to allow that thing to happen. And it was, it was very real. And that was exactly the path that I was on. I knew that was going to happen to me unless I made changes. So that's when. That's when I started making these systemic changes. And it wasn't, I'm going to create systems. It was literally like, I have a thousand problems, but I can't solve a thousand problems 
because that's too many problems. So I need to solve one problem that can help me solve a lot of other problems. And that was the collection problem, right? That was the first one. I'm like, how, how can I do this? So I thought, let's just start with collections and see if everything else works. So then I thought, okay, I need to do that, but I don't know how to do that. And I'm never going to do that. Like, I'm never going to call clients consistently and get paid. Like, that's just not going to happen. So I need to create a system in which somebody else can do this for me. And I, I just realized that. And then I created this system and I thought, oh, oh, okay, great. You know, that, that works. Cause you know, as I, as I learned later, winners, losers have goals, winners have systems. So th that was the first one. And I just came upon it by happenstance and that it worked out really well. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start creating all these systems then. Awesome. And uh, with regards to the collection system, what is the system you came up with? Is it an evergreen retainer or something else? Yeah, there are seven rules to it. I teach a I teach a class, a CLE on this, and I talk about this a lot. There are seven rules. The Evergreen Retainer is absolutely one of the rules, right? So that's always have money in trust. So yes, an Evergreen Retainer, and if you don't know what that is, it's a retainer where you always have money in trust. You always have $5,000, $10,000, $4,000, whatever it is, right? You always have that money in there, and it gets replenished every month. So that is one of the most important aspects to getting paid 100% is having enough money and trust and having an evergreen retainer that always keeps it green. Okay. So there's that, uh, billing every month. I used to bill once every two to three months, uh, but every month bills go out and then you have to, sorry, you have to have a, a person who is in charge of the system. And that person's number one job is getting paid at a hundred percent. That's it. They can do other things like my office manager does this, but she knows that her job, her number one job is to get paid. And then she can do all the other stuff. And I tell everybody, like, she does nothing until she gets us paid. Like, leave her the hell alone until she gets us paid, right? Like, that's it. And it, and it cannot be, here's the thing, it cannot be an attorney. Please, it cannot be an attorney that that is in charge of the collection system. We suck at it. We're terrible at it. We don't care. So it has to be somebody else and pay them well. Because the ROI on that person that runs your collection system is the highest ROI that you will ever have on any employee that you ever hire. Awesome. Love that. And if someone is looking for someone who can do that kind of work, um, what are some of the traits they should be looking for? Oh, the traits? I can tell you kind of where I where I look for people to do this. So if you can find somebody who worked for American Express getting collections for American Express, those people are really good. American Express is a really very good company and they handle the collections very well, actually. So they're professional about it, but they're really diligent about it and they will get you paid. So that is, that's literally the first place I would look is I would just got, try to go get somebody from American Express in their, in their collection department. Awesome. Marco, you've shared a wealth of wisdom with us here today. What are some of the things you're looking forward to in your firm? Uh, you know, this next year we're expanding. Uh, we're expanding uh, a lot. Uh, I have for for years cracking the nut of client acquisition has been my game, uh, trying to figure it out. And we, we're to a point now where talent acquisition is the toughest part. Because the demand is such, and we're so good at what we do in, in bringing clients in so we can serve them, that the problem is supply now. So we're trying to find attorneys and, and bring them in and get really good A-level talent because what I've what I've noticed is you, you can build all the systems you want. And if you got C-level talent, like that's rough. You got D, like it, it's really difficult. But 
if you have okay systems and you have A-level talent, like you're golden. So I try to go find, I try to, I, I try to have the best systems I can, but I always try to have systems that work and are, and make it make a profit with C level players, and then go find A level players. So that's what we're really doing right now is finding those A level players, and uh, I spend a lot of time doing that. And that's a tough nut to crack these days, especially in family law and a couple of other areas of law. Yeah, my, our philosophy on systems is is similar. We you know we feel that systems are what keeps a good team performing well, even when they're having a bad day. You know that's really what they're there to do. And then when you bring in a decent system and you populate it with fantastic top-notch talent, that's when things really take off. So love that, Marco. And if people want to reach out to you and talk more about this or contact you about your book, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, if you you need anything out there, seriously, like I, I love helping colleagues any way I possibly can. So literally feel free to reach out. You can email me. It's marco at brownfamilylaw.com. If you want to call the office, it's 801-685-9999. And then I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, I talk to law students there a lot. I talk to other attorneys. So just, you know, just search Marco Brown, Utah, and I'll pop up and, you know, we'll, we'll connect. Awesome, Marco. Congratulations on all of your success. And thanks so much for being a guest here on Lawyer Business Advantage. Hey, thanks so much. It was a great, uh, great conversation. Everyone, that's Marco Brown, owner of Brown Family Law in Utah. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness you can build your perfect practice.